Coco Sisters. It's the Sisters team. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Coco Sisters podcast. It's me, Lady C, and I am joined by my co-host, the wonderful Duchess. How are you, Duchess? Um, I'm doing okay. Um, oh, yeah, you sound lovely. Well, people call this a sexy voice, don't they? But uh, who, who told you that? Who says that? Who, who? Well, okay, I told myself <laughs> that then. I told myself <laughs> that there. I told myself that so that it, it makes me feel a bit better about myself, the fact that I'm not feeling well. And it could lead into a, a mama used to say, which I'm not going to do, because it could also mean I'm as sick as a dog. <laughs> so we'll, well see how long I survive today. Okay, well, you need some honey and lemon, a bit of ginger up in there. Doing and all of that. Doing all, all of that. that. Got yeah. rubby chest and things. Yeah, with the with the VIX and there's other medicines besides that you could use to rub. And we know that. So I'm doing all of that. Whether it makes a difference, who knows? Oh, well, feel better soon. And of course, we are joined by our studio queens and we have a guest studio queen in the house. So we're going to start what, with what, our, what? Studio, our usual studio queen. So Queen Joyce is in the house. Yeah. Hi. And Hi. Queen Liz is in the house. Hello. And our guest studio queen is Simone. Hi, everyone. Whoop, 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 whoop. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> so as you know, we like to have different guests and different sisters in the spotlights. We like to mix it up and, you know, change things up a little bit. So what are we talking about in this podcast? Well, we thought it would be a really good idea to have a bit of a review of 2022. Yeah, look back at what we thought was great or not so great. But also because it's the season, we have to talk about Christmas. Yay! So we're going to be talking about Christmas and stuff like that. So really looking forward to having a, a conversation. We'd love to hear from you. What's your favourite Christmas uh, tradition? or song that you do, drop us a line at Coco Sisters on Twitter or cocosisters at gmail.com. But first, we're going to go to one of our segments, aren't we? We're going to go with the Duchess. Duchess, what's, what's, uh, what's, what's got your attention under the political sphere? The Political Ten. Political Ten. Political Ten. Uh, what's got my attention under <laughs> the political sphere? I like that sentence. Yeah, um, political sphere is um, who would have thought it in the 21st century that we would have a number of industries and or organisations striking. Yeah. I find that phenomenal. I do remember, I think, um, when I was about, how old would I have been? Around 10, 11 no, 11 or 12, so around the 70s, you know, where strikes would happen. But it would invariably, I would only hear of, um, you know, the trains, people that work for the trains, overhead, rail, going on strike. Um, and it wouldn't be as prolific, can I use that word, um, as no. it is now. Um, and I just find it quite discombobulating that's the word I'm mm. going to use okay um, that's a good to, word thank you to see so many organizations industries so we've got what we got rail tube NHS nurses hello 
Mm. Um, post ambulance, ambulance, post strike, ambulance. Who else has been going on? And and it's teachers for the teachers. Teachers, yeah, yeah. teachers. So I just think it's just hugely significant that these areas, uh, and predominantly they sit within um, public sector, um, mm-hmm. are going on strike. But also this for me links to significantly uh, the cost of living. Because what we do know is that with these particular um, industries, organisations, their salaries are not um, compatible or comparable to inflation. I just find it extraordinary that this is happening in our day and age and that these particular, um, do we call them colleagues, you know, individuals, our brothers and sisters, because we're all part of the human race, feel that um, the only way that they can get their message across in terms of being seen, being heard, is to take this drastic action. Now, not everybody necessarily is going to agree with the action that's being taken, but part of my my thought process has been about, well, how else are they going, how else are they going to make an impact? Um, how else are they going to be heard in the way that they feel that they need to be heard, as well as listened to, um, and hopefully um, a possible change uh, will take place. Uh, I guess going forward, what I wonder is how long um, are these industries or organisations going to be able to sustain what it is that they're doing? and whether or not um, that sustainability is going to have the impact that they assume or anticipate that they want in terms of either output or an outcome. Um, and, I, and I guess, I would argue, none of us know the answer to that question, do we? Um, but I, yeah, again, I'll go back to my starting point. I find it hugely um, concerning, I guess, that this is the only way that these particular industries feel and think that they can make a difference in terms of, um, you know, their impact to the cost of living because of how their salaries are not matching what's happening um, in society in terms of the economics. And so whether or not the government is going to um, cave in and or be influenced or negotiate in a way that both parties can say, um, yes, we can agree to this, who knows? But it's um, going to be an interesting, and I don't normally use that word because I don't always like that word, interesting, because um, it feels quite nonplussed, doesn't it? Quite generic. But it is going to be quite interesting to see how um, this all plays out within the winter months in particular, um, mm. and going forward for 2023. Your thoughts on a postcard, please. <laughs> Queens, what do you think? Do you agree with the strikes? Do you think we should, should strikes be banned, as what some people are saying? I don't think they should be banned at all. I think, I think people in the UK have a very, very short memory because one of the reasons why we have some of the benefits that we actually have um, 
are due to, you know, people striking and demanding that, you know, essentially the power be with the people. So maternity pay, um, having an eight hour day, mm-hmm. um, you know, th- th- there's about 10 more that escape me at the moment. And these are mm-hmm. all benefits that we cu- we're currently in- enjoying because a group of people got together and said, listen, we can't continue like this. We have to fight for our rights and you know those things were made law and you know they're they're now part of our our day-to-day but I think sometimes we're thinking more about the inconvenience oh my gosh you know if I get sick and there's no nurses what's going to happen to me but nobody's actually thinking about and the, the the nursing topic is is dear to my heart because my mother was a nurse for 42 years wow. um so to think that you know we had nurses putting their life on the line um, during the COVID pandemic, and the mm. government thought that giving them a pot and pan clap was going to you know put food on the table <laughs> is absolutely ridiculous to me. And then you know, you know they lost their lives, people lost their family members, you know, and then to just say okay, a one percent increase when you know there are people you know fondling around with their employees in in their office and they're getting paid you know double triple you know what the nurses are getting paid it it doesn't stack up um and I think in this country we're very selfish we don't think about you know like uh, the duchess said our our brother or our sister we're all part of this human race we don't ever think okay well you know if we were all earning you know a wage that was decent we wouldn't need to do some of the things that are happening now you know that this is a necessity like you say people are going to choose between food and heat this winter mm-hmm. and we wouldn't have to do that if we you know paid people properly and it's it's also hard to it's just hard to reconcile especially when you're when you're constantly hearing about how much money uh, the elites are making from you know side things or, or or what they're investing in and you know, you're sitting at home and you're thinking, I go to work all these hours of these of the day and I can't heat my home, I, I can't buy a house, I can't get married, I can't do these things. They are literally being pushed to the brink. And then when they do that, people don't get on board and say, well, actually, you know what? Nurses deserve to be paid more money. Teachers deserve to be paid more money. People just berate them. And I actually think if the public got behind yeah. people... Mm. This wouldn't be an issue because the companies would have to cave in and say, okay, you know, it's not only that they're striking, the people are behind them as well. Oh, Mm. we've got a big problem. And it's interesting. I I like what you said there, Queen Simone, because there's there's something about uh, individually us realising that uh, when a group of people get together uh, and stand for a cause, more often than not, we all benefit from that. So you talked about, you know, maternity pay, which has also had an impact on paternity pay. So actually, you know, both sides of the coins are actually um, benefiting from that and uh, and the holistic um, response that's needed to um, ensure that we all not necessarily benefit from it, but we all um, make a stand one way or the other about, what it is that needs to be happening across the board. And I think that's um, a really great point that you made about how we all benefit from one person, three persons, or a group of people's stance on a particular issue. And I think you're right that people tend to forget that um, because it becomes, I guess, embedded or, or, or woven into the DNA of society, doesn't it? 
Uh, and because it becomes the norm, so to speak, people forget what happened in the past for us to get to where we are in the present and how that's going to um, impact the future too. I think, um, I don't think strikes should be banned either. I think it's a really, it's part, having an employee voice is, is, is important more now than ever. And, and um, part of me thinks that, um, you know, when, when you have to strike over conditions or where you work, um, and you're working and you're paying your taxes, but you still can't afford to live in a, in a way where you can both be warm and eat, and eat your dinner. Of course, people are going to get tired. They're going to get fed up. And I think what's happened with us is we've become too much of a, we've become, it's the Amazon, it's the Amazon um, attitude that we have. We want everything now. You order it today, you can get it by 10 o'clock tonight or the first thing tomorrow. So we want it now. We want everything now. And and the, the strike stops people from recognising you can't have it now. That's what people are concerned about. They're just concerned about the inconvenience. They're not thinking about these people and why they're striking. And, you know, for nurses to go on strike, that's going to have a huge impact, not mm. to mention the ambulance as well. Because mm. mm. you know, the ambulance service is always, always stretched and you're going to have a, a strike on top of that. Mm. And partly what we're talking about here is um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Some of the needs yeah. that we're talking about are very basic. And they're not being know, met. Shelter, food, you know, security, safety. You know, mm. those are, when we talk, when Maslow talks about our basic hierarchy of needs, hello, you know, we all want to be warm. We all want to have a roof over our head. We all want to be able to go into a cupboard and take out something that we can eat and invariably enjoy um, and be able to wake up the next day knowing that we're secure and safe um, and so you know our these individuals these colleagues these you know brothers and sisters these other human beings that are out there um, in this cold weather too you know doing what they're doing to to be heard to be listened to is going to make a difference if they get what they need for everybody. And I think that is something that we all need to remember, that mm. we will all benefit positively from those rewards if that's what the outcome or output happens to be. Great political ten, Duchess. Great political ten. Yeah, Can't lady sing. <laughs> and and let's let's move on then to look at some highlights. Anything particular? Um, stood out for anyone this year 2022 I know I've got my favorite thing but I'm keen to hear from anyone else What's, what happened this year that you think yes or no whatever anyone <laughs> the one that Queen. comes to mind for me yes, Queen Joyce. Yes. Is, the, is the euros and the reaction to the young boys when they missed the penalty was mm. that this year yeah was it was yeah it was yeah it was. oh wow my yeah. goodness yeah. It's funny how time, it, it feels as if it was years ago, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, but it was That's, this year. It was this year. People showed, well, they've been showing the true colours. but From just, time. From time. From but time. this was like glaring, like you couldn't even, it couldn't be hidden in any way, shape or form. And um, can I just intervene, Queen Joyce? Yeah. I don't know if you was going to go on to this. But do you see the, re the, the reaction that the captain got? Harry, Harry Kane. What, what reaction? 
Okay. That's what, okay. Yeah. And that's why it's never coming home because this <laughs> island is bad vibes. Sorry, I just had to add that in. Say that again. Uh, say that again. It is never coming home because this island is bad vibes. And here endeth my highlight about the Euros. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Lovely, very nicely punctuated, Simone. Thank you. Nothing else You're to welcome. add to that. That was one of my, <laughs> that was it. Thank you. Bad vibes, you know, this island, this island, we have to call us, it's an island, you know. I mean, I can't believe what I was reading on, I can't believe what I was reading on Twitter in response to the, the people missed the penalty. Don't worry, lads, bring your cell phone, we've got you, you know, it's all right. We've got and you I, back. And then some, what someone did on Twitter was they contrasted the reaction from the Euros to the World Cup. World Cup. What a, talk about opposite ends of the spectrum. In it, what were they saying? What were they saying? Well, so for the Euros, we know what they were saying that yes, you know the end people lost us the Euros and they should go back to Africa and all that kind of stuff. But yes. when it was Harry Kane, you did your best, son. Come on, oh, we still love no. you. Blah blah blah. And that's why I think that no no black player should be playing for the England team. And part of the reason to touch on what you uh, what you're all saying is. I think there were a total of eight or nine goals um, that England had uh, had um, managed to achieve in this World Cup. And I believe six or seven of them were black players initially. So, yes. and in the Euros as well, black people carried you as far as you got. And it yes. was, oh, you know, England are getting through in this. And then Kane came and scored one goal and it was all about Kane. And, and just to just let you know about how subpar, you know, footballing is in this country they were talking about Harry Kane getting 11 goals um, for England over his career Olivier Giroud for France has 52 so I'm just trying to put that in comparison when we're on the news you know oh my gosh he's one of England's greatest players and all of this and you know he always delivers but it is very very um, demoralizing really to see that you know the black players are putting in so much work they're killing themselves if they miss or somebody trips them over. Negativity, racism, like anything, they're called everything but a child of God. And, you know, he, like Harry Kane misses a penalty. All right, like, you know, it can happen to anybody, but, you know, chin up, like, it's because they can relate to them. They see them as their son, their nephew, their brother. When it's mm -hmm. us, they don't, they don't care. They can't find the sympathy. They can't find any compassion or, or love in, in their heart. And this is not changing in any way, shape or form. And I just think all the black players should pick up and go to their respective countries and teams. And let's see how far England get, you know, without with, them. Without them. Um, and it's I, like you say, Simone, particularly the black players, they're damned if they do. <laughs> they're damned if they do. They're damned if they don't. Yeah. And, and the thing is as well, yeah. Raheem Sterling um, in the World Cup, particularly playing for England, had, had scored the most goals for England at the point where he then had to leave Qatar because his yard had been broken into, right? And yes. apparently that was his fault. Apparently he should have, he's right. got enough money, he should have better security. Are these people serious? Wow. They, they are serious, bearing in mind, bearing in mind that there has been a spate of footballers being 
right. robbed. Yeah. Uh, but obviously they are of a certain hue. So the sympathy once again is then extended to them and oh my gosh they work so hard and this is terrible and you know what about their families and I had heard initially that Raheem Sterling's family was in the house when it happened and there wasn't even any sympathy then he's got three young children and no one was like oh my gosh you know this this is terrifying you know he has to go home I saw people talking about oh well you know he's got enough money for it to be handled he should be playing in the euro the same euros or world cup that you you'll cuss him for if he don't get the ball in the back of the net like you said Duchess damned if they do damned if they don't and I, I think I think they should just let them let them have it if they think they can get to get to the final and get all the way there Let's see how you do it with your with your team of a, of a specific hue. And you see with my man, Mr. Kane, he didn't even kick that ball at the goal. Duchess, <laughs> you're so harsh. <laughs> it, it went, uh, okay, that's all I'm saying. I mean, if he was aiming it at the goal, you could, have, you could at least say, okay, he tried. No, it flew over the top of the goal. What was the brother doing? And they're telling him, it's, it's all right. You'll be fine. Come home, son. We got you. We've got you. Wow. No. No. They need to get a grip. That's what they need to But do. you all know how I feel about football anyway. It's a con. It's a con. <laughs> and um, so, yes. Uh, this, uh, let's move on quickly. Okay, so ne- next highlight from 2022. <clears throat> Should I share mine? Should I share mine? So go it, on, wasn't, go on. it wasn't here, it was in America, and it has to be Johnny um, Brown Jackson appointed to the Supreme Court. I'm sorry, that still, that still kind of, you know, gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. Um, the, 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 you know, her poise, her grace, how she had to, you know, um, really just deal with some foolishness when she was being questioned by uh, people who just want to make sure that they got the best candidate. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I just I just love I just love that. I just think that's gone down. And 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 subsequently in the recent, you know, they had some we call them by-elections. I can't remember what they call them, but you know, I can't remember the name. But they had a, a, a whole raft of women of colour, a whole raft of Coco sisters being appointed um, you know, in, in the political system, which I think is fantastic. So I want to see that reflected here in this country. So, but yes, for can me, I say, can I just say, is that really going to happen here? Yeah. Coco sisters are the ones that can change the world. We just need to step up. That's Come it. on now. Step up. Shuck, you know, got to get rid of all these other things that have been holding us back. And if they want to call us aggressive, fine. If they want to say what well, this, fine. But we just need to keep going. You know, so yes, I do think it can happen. I, I do. Okay. I mean, is saying no, but I think it can. Do you know what? As much as America is a bit of an enigma, um, it's one of these places where, you know, it has the most overt racism and, you know, terrible things happening. But there is still a level of progressiveness there that I just don't think the UK has. So I'll give an example. Um, Diane Abbott receives the most amount of... um, She's like, yeah, hate. She's the most hated Mm. MP ever and there is a white woman her name escapes me at the moment who came out and basically said that she knew that Diane Abbott was getting 
a lot oh. of the hate that she was getting um and she did nothing about it until the hate came her way mm. and the is, it came her, is that her name I, it, yeah. I, it, I'm not too yeah. sure but it's it, but she she actually had the audacity to tweet this and basically say that she she knew about the um abuse that Diane was getting and she admitted it didn't affect her and because it didn't affect her she she didn't care about it and only decided that oh I owe Diane an apology because she was now feeling the harsh end of of the stick and that's why I feel that in this this country I don't think we could have a black woman prime minister because I just not because we're not qualified this is nothing to do with with us we can do absolutely anything but the people will not be behind us just like they're not behind you know several other black this people trust. who are trying to or make yeah exactly or even this trust yeah yeah and they say hate everything i think we'll get a lot of um we'll get a lot of adversity from our own people but then we have to contend with all of the other people um who have something against uh, this they're struggling with microaggressions let alone racism so so even to just I, I don't, I would like, to, I don't want to say never say never. Um, but from what I've been seeing in the last two to three years in this country, I don't know if that's happening within the next five to 10 years. I'll be very, I'll eat my words if it does. But yeah, yeah. I don't think we're, we're ready for a black prime minister, female or otherwise. We're ready for it. They're not ready for it. No, so that's what I'm saying. Have to, they're going to have to buck up their ideas is what they're going to have to do. I agree with that. You say that. You say that, but I think like, I didn't think we would have an Asian prime minister this year. And that's probably my highlight is that although the circumstances um, were a bit wild, uh, that got us. <laughs> the first. I think that's a bit of an understatement. <laughs> but anyway, carry on. It's, it's the most, um, uh, politically correct term I can think of it's, things were a bit wild um uh, that brought Rishi Sunak to you know to power I didn't think that would happen um for another good few years I figured an Asian prime minister would come before a black prime minister came just in terms of kind of hierarchy of um the minorities in society or you know pe- people from an ethnic minority background rather but I would say that it can happen and I think it, wherever your politics kind of lies, I'm really encouraged by the fact that somebody who's not white um, is the most powerful person in the country, or one of, let's say, the most powerful people uh, in the country. And I think sometimes it's the circumstances that force a certain thing to happen that can also be really helpful. You might think that actually a black prime minister um, could never come, would well, wouldn't come in the next 10 years to power, but then sometimes you force certain you force you know that the house of commons into a really difficult place where that's the only person they can they can put there because the options are so few um yeah I don't know there was another moment for me when um I know I know it was it was a bad time another wild time when uh, Liz Truss was here and Uncle Chrissy Kwarteng was in town but I call him Uncle Chrissy because he's gone in I'm gone in got respect uh but at the end of the day, at, for a moment in time, the top positions in government were held by so many black and brown people. And for me, that was just exciting because growing up, I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know that was even possible. I didn't know that was a, something I could I could or should aspire to. 
um, in terms of credentials and qualities and actual competence, different different issue. Um, but some, but sometimes it is about the visible role models. And it reminds me of a time when Obama was president and there were loads of kids who were born who just only knew there to be a black president. They didn't know any other president. And again, competence aside, that that is is inspiring and is empowering. And if it can happen once, it can happen again, surely, with people who know what they're doing. Um and, and I have to have I have to have faith. I have to keep keep the optimism up some you know around the place but for my Indian friends like they were just so encouraged as a community it happened around Diwali like it was a cool moment um so yeah good big big highlight for me do you think that if uh Richie Sunak wasn't um if he didn't come from money or his wife or his proximity to money and if he maybe sound had more of an accent that he would have been able to get as far as he had got because I believe both him and you know uncle um quasi are of a specific ilk absolutely absolutely I I no I I, probably not I completely agree with that their Mm. backgrounds helped put them in the right place however they needed to be given the opportunity and that opportunity came because David Cameron said look the future of this country is not white and therefore we have to make more space and he I can't remember exactly how he did it but the policy that he put in place within the Conservative Party allowed for there to be more diversity now we just need to make sure that the diversity that is there is not just from a specific very niche very well off background but like you say I believe in us as the community to get there um maybe in the next rounds but but yeah absolutely um background mm. um I mean a place right now I can't imagine Rishi Sunak being prime minister with any other accent than the one he has yeah if he had an Asian accent living at number 11 we're going to do the budget no it's not happening it's not happening <laughs> It won't be happening, would it? Yeah, vote for me, Rushi. Vote for me. No, it's not happening. Yeah. And he's also got the other thing is, aside from not having the accent that uh, Lady C has just um, listen, people, hey, listen, my Asian sisters. I'm not. I'm not taking the mic. I'm just, just trying to get across what no, no, no. Why people I totally envisage? Agree, but I was also yeah. going to say, he's got a particular image. He, you know, he carries himself a particular way he dresses a particular way you know even down to his hairstyle is styled in a particular way that that then means he fits into a particular mold oh yes of course who's ever heard when i heard that the man does a spinning class in the mornings before him do anything else i said of course he does what look at the brother but 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 it would also probably be easier for him if 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 he was married to a white English woman. So I think like you could also say that there have been um, non-white MPs who have been married to white English people. And that may have made life a little bit easier along the way. And so I think it's very interesting that he has a wife who also is, is was not born in the UK, is not, you know, what we know of as typical yeah. British. And yeah, so money talks. Yes. money talks. Money talks. She's richer than... than uh, Come on now. Aren't we put together? She's not, she's not the tall man. We're in this area at home. She's not, as my dad says, she has monies. 
No money, you know. She has but money. Her money. But her money's from India. Like, think about it. That in itself, I think, is quite is quite powerful because there was an understanding a while ago that to even enter this world, you had to be married as a as a black or brown person. You had to be married to a white English person. I think he is he has has tried to break you know some of these stereotypes. Not all of them. He's still you know public school boy, but yeah, and he's still richer than me. I don't know about you, but he's still richer than me when it comes to the monies. Yeah. So those are a couple of highlights there. Okay, interesting. Ooh, varied, varied, varied group yeah. there. As um, um, Lizzie was talking, it just triggered another highlight for me, which was during the summer when we had that really long, drawn-out episode, which I called West Enders. When number 10, somebody number 10 wouldn't leave. You remember? <laughs> which actually God. led us to Liz Trust and Rishi. I forgot. I forgot about that. So whilst you were talking, that 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 came up for me. I was like, oh, that was like a proper highlight from 2022. That's like something never experienced before, never happened before. This is a really extraordinary year. Mm-hmm. Right, that's what a- I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, Queen Joyce, that 21st century yeah. has just exploded in a way. Yeah. Mind blown, right? In a way that you yourself, man, I didn't think I, well, I say this to myself, I can't account for everybody else. I say to myself, man, I never thought that I would hear that or witness that. You know, for me, an extraordinary thing, not even for 2022, because it started in around 2019, end of 2019, beginning of 2020, the pandemic. How extraordinary that we've been in a world, we're in a world now where there's a pandemic and we're having to learn to live with, you know, uh, a disease that you wouldn't have heard of really, unless you read, you know, a John Wyndham book that tells you the return of the Triffids and you're, you're, reading, you're reading that and thinking, what's that word, COVID he's saying in there? What, what's that? And then come the 21st century, you're hearing about COVID. How you know, I, f- I find that extraordinary, that if I ever have, you know, grandchildren um, or, you know, there's a younger generation that I'm talking to, I, my, by the time I get to my 80s or 90s, God willing, I can say, in my day, you know what, do you know what happened so in my day? What's with that voice? What's with that voice? <laughs> in my day, in my what, day this, is, this is what was happening. What's with the face and the voice? What's that about? I can, I can only do the voice with the face. That's why. So you're, so you're imagining that's how you're going to sound when you're 90? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my day, you know what all- used to happen? We, we, had this, we had this thing called the COVID. The what COVID, you know? The yeah. COVID. Well, it's, it's like Peter K when he says the Tinternet. That's how he refers to it. His mum calls it the Tinternet. So it's called the COVID, like the Facebook. <laughs> but Duchess, do you know what else is even more extraordinary? Is the fact that it's as if it never even existed. What, I now? was on the underground on Monday and it was just like old times. It was as if we have never even gone through what we Don't get me through. started because then I can start talking about I get my goat and when people are sniffing and splat. No, so don't let's not get, get my goat. Save it. <laughs> Well, let's let's go into a get my goat then. That's a nice little segue, and I think it's Queen Simone that is uh, 
leading us in this one. Over to you, Simone. Get my goat. What's got your goat? It gets my goat. So initially I had two, but we kind of touched on one earlier about, you know, the hatred of of black footballers. Um, But I actually had an incident yesterday um, on a plane uh, coming back from uh, Barbados. I was sitting in a seat that unfortunately the tray table thing didn't work properly. Um, And there was a a spare seat next to me and then a a guy in the the end aisle seat. Um, And he had like a a dusty cloth bag and a a jumper um, in the seat. And I just said to him, you know, can I just move this into my seat so I can use this tray table um, and then I'll move it back. And he was like, sure, fine, no problem. Um, and then there were a few other seats uh, on the plane that were vacant. So as you can imagine, this is a night flight. Most people want to, you know, sleep and not have any light around them. So he moved to a different seat, took his bag and his jumper with him. Four to five hours later, after I've been having a nice snooze, this gentleman taps me and says to me, oh, um, when you moved my bag and jumper, did you see two phones? So I said, no, it was just the bag and the jumper, which you watched me move. Um, And he says, oh, because there were two phones in the bag and they're not there. So I said, well, and bearing in mind, he's moved seat. So I said to him, so he's gone to me, can you have a look in your seat? And, and just for the uh, listeners, I have wide hips and some and some bottom back there. If I'm sitting <laughs> on something, I'm going to know. Um, I thought I thought I'm going to humour you because you're aiming at something. And if you're aiming at something, I want you to ask what you're aiming on, so that I can get on bad. So I've checked my seat. There's nothing there. There's nothing in the middle seat. Um, I said. I said, if you want to have a look on the floor, you're free to do so. I got my torch out so he could have a look. And I said to him, have you checked the seat that you are now currently sitting in? Oh, you know, it's just that the phones were in the bag. So he goes off to his seat. <laughs> and by now I'm, I'm sitting in my seat and I thought to myself, I'm going to disgrace my mother this, this very day. So he comes back two minutes later with his two phones. Oh, they were in the seat that I was sitting in. They had fallen down the side. And at this point, I couldn't even respond because I know the good Lord has been working on me. But at that moment, (laughs) at that moment, because I said, I said, someone don't, oh, don't do it because when I think about what I would have done first, I would have exhausted every possible option before I had spoken to somebody. And for context, I happened to be sitting in premium. I was the only black person in premium. Um, And it makes me, it, it made me feel literally like a criminal, even though I hadn't done anything. Anything. had, had the person that had been sitting in my seat been white or a white woman or anybody, would you have assumed 
that she went in your bag and took out your two dusty phone. Bearing in mind that next to me is my phone, my iPad, and all of my electronics that I currently have. On top of that, Simone. Have. On top of that, Simone. He saw you move his bag and the jumper. I was in the he seat all of 10 minutes. Bag. Wow. And when I, and soon as I was done, they took my trade table because obviously it's a smaller section. They're parading quite quickly. I moved his stuff back into the seat and sat in my seat. Wow. So at no point in time did you see me manhandling or touching your, your things. Things, your things. But, but just this, but, and, and this is why I know that it's racially charged because I'm black, I must be a thief. I must be a criminal because at some point you moved seat you took out your phones, you were reading and doing whatever, because by now his, his belongings are in an overhead locker in a completely different area of, of the plane. You didn't bother to ask the person who's sitting under this thing if, you know, they opened this thing and the phones fell out. It had to be me because I moved your bag and it didn't occur to you that, you know what, I'm currently sitting in this seat. Yeah. Let me have Don't a look, look, in look it. here. And no, sorry to have bothered you. No no mm-hmm. anything and you know I was I was talking to um, a brother and a friend about this um, last night and said you know it, it's such a big microaggression and had I made a big deal out of it everybody would have told me that that was in my head and it was just because yeah. he couldn't find the phones and I had moved the bag and nobody would understand what the how yeah. racially charged it was and, and the, the connotations um, that came with that and it really got my goat yesterday. It still gets my goat now telling you about it because he watched me move the bag and um, and the jumper. There was an air hostess there holding my tray, waiting to give it to me and rummaging through your bag while you sit on the opposite side. The seat was in between us. Wow. So I would love to know what rummaging I was doing telepathically or, or, or you know, but... <laughs> That really got my goat. What a whatless brother. And, and the man not even a brother. And that's why he's balding. Because <laughs> he's bad vibes. That's going to be the theme. <laughs> but that, that, that kind of fits in with our, we had a, we had a discussion a little while ago about traveling while black. Mm, and yeah. um, that fits in nicely with, with that and that's the thing about those microaggressions as we all know isn't it 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 gives the it gives the perpetrator what's that phrase plausible deniability so even if you were to say well what you trying to say you trying to say I stole your phones no of course not don't be so sensitive I'm just asking you to check that's all I mean why and then they look around to garner support from everybody around and then you become the one that's making a big deal out of nothing but you know, so it's 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 a, it's a very real thing, very real. I'm sorry yeah. I had to go through that, and yeah. we'll, give, we'll give we'll give the man a virtual slap. Yes, good on the ball there. patch that that is there. <laughs> we we'll give him a slap, and then we'll pray for him. What Lord, I tend to do is to give people a virtual kick in the chest. That's what you drop kick them with a oh, heavy boot. A heavy boot because you know it's cold outside. We need the impact to be strong. Not, not that we boot. condone violence of any kind. No, of course not. Podcast. Of course not. We're all about love you and know, hugs. Virtual, virtual uh, <laughs> violence. But it's every not so the same. often, 
You have to use that metaphorical slap from time to time this just to our, make this sure is for that you... the black women then that could not slap somebody at the time. This is a virtual slap. Which is... There you go. <laughs> oh, great, great. Uh, get my goat. Thanks for that, Queen Simone. We love that. We love that. Queen Liz, I'm going to come to you. Hi. To 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 share what's your favorite Christmas song? Because we do have to we have to talk about Christmas. Yeah. Christmas is coming. The geese are getting fat. We've got to put a half a penny in the old man's hat. And that's the only bit I know of that song. I can't remember the rest. Same. I was gonna say that's the only bit I know too. And I'll just try. Oh, to... if you don't have a penny, a half a penny will do. I do, that's true. And if you don't half, if you don't have half a penny, God bless you. That means if you're so skint, then the Lord bless you. Because I'm the only one that can help you. Yes. And that's why, and that's why people are striking. Let's go back to the political. People are striking it. Who's circling it? Because cost of living so high. Them don't even have two pennies to rub together. But back to Christmas. Back to Christmas. Let's get back to the reason for the season. Yes. Come on. Take it days. Okay, so my favorite song. Um is uh called the christmas song um so in 1946 nat king cole was the first wow okay we're going okay we're going deep okay i love i love me some nat i love me some nat king cole uh for many reasons he just yeah reminds me of my childhood but um this song um was actually written by this other guy called mel torme didn't know that anyway so the story goes it was a hot oppressive summer day in 19 1945 and um Mel went over to the house of his other friend Bob these modern syllabic names um and he couldn't find his friend Bob but there was a notepad <laughs> if my friend wasn't in I'd be like Bob <laughs> Bob <laughs> but Mel um decided to scribble down some lines uh so he scribbled down four lines chestnuts roasting on an open fire oh Jack- it is that one oh Jack- right yuletide carols being sung by a choir and folks dressed up like eskimos bob eventually turns up i love this story um and he tells mel yo mel i thought that i could cool down it's a hot day you know and and his friend was just like, well, I thought maybe if I wrote down a few lines of a wintry verse, I could psych- physiologically get an edge over this heat. 45 mm. minutes later, the rest of the song was finished. Wow. Um, yeah, really fun. And um, I don't know how the song got into the hands of Nat King Cole, but I'm really happy it did. Um, it's been, yeah, years and years of a, be- a beautiful song um sung and I just really like it um I like Yolanda Adams's version she does a really beautiful one but different people have done it over the time Faith Evans like everybody's done this song at some point on their Christmas album um I sang it at a school event when I was 17 um and yeah it's just a really it's just a really beautiful song it's it's lovely and I got the opportunity to actually look it up um so yeah that song really reminds me of Christmas. My second song, because I was raised at church, um, is Oh Come All You Faithful. Oh, yes. It's That's just like a church banger, isn't it? Like you just get the harmonies involved, especially that last verse. Mm. Um, 
my my mum was our church organist for like 30 years and my dad was in the choir but he couldn't sing so it was really upsetting listening to him practice the harmony <laughs> the butcher year on year like it never got any better like cumulative years it seemed to stay or get worse but it's a very beautiful song as well that one is a bit more old school it was written in France apparently um with in yeah Methodist vibes um but yeah two really good songs I love I love I love oh come all you faithful yeah mm. I, I always like a little gospel version you know when you say oh come let's just up a little bit and then you put a little rapping thing I love or anything like that I love that so I do like oh come all you faithful and I didn't know any about anything about the song. All I know is chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Me and too. I didn't even know he was saying that it was Jack Frost nipping at your nose. I don't know what I thought he was saying. But... <laughs> Who's been nipping at your nose? Though? I don't know. I was like, something's <laughs> nipping at your nose. Oh, I didn't even get the, I didn't even understand the lyrics. I don't, I always, I'm, I'm known for getting lyrics wrong of songs that I've been singing for years. And then mm. someone says, what are you saying? You know? You know, remember that song, Feed the World? I just got all that wrong. All of, I just did not get it. All I knew was Feed the World and then all the other lyrics I was just making up. So, you know, there's a really good, um, excuse me, there's a really good clip by um, Peter Kay, who's one of my favourite. Yes, comedians, and say. he does all the lyrics, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, the misheard lyrics. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Sage really and Onion. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> Really funny, really funny. I won't do yeah. a spoiler because if you say it, oh, it does spoil the. But if you ever get the chance to Google that or uh, YouTube it, really good to to watch. But um, I've got some. I've got a favourite, and I and someone reminded me of it the other day. Was Donny Hathaway's This Christmas? Ooh, lovely! I love that tune. I just like that. I I can only I can't because obviously because of my voice at the moment. The only thing, the, the only ones that I can, the only words that I can always remember is that it, it says, this Christmas. That doesn't help you at all, does it? This Christmas. Don't know that one. You'll have to Google that. Very lovely song. And then if I was going to choose it, um, a church song I'm not sure that you equate it to Christmas however I do think it is a great Christmas song Mary did you know oh Never yeah know. that is good Mary did you know that your baby boy oh yeah <laughs> walk on water Mary, Mary did, did you know that <laughs> your baby boy We'll save your son. Did <laughs> you know? Okay, okay. Sorry, I forgot we're recording. So yeah, uh, oh, I love well, that song. I t- the song that I used to love when I was at school, and I and Neil, when you listen to this, don't bother denying it because I know you used to love this song. So that's my brother. But we used to love the Virgin Mary had a baby boy. Did you know that one? <laughs> Oh my God. Mary had a baby. Mary had a baby. Mary had a baby. Mary had a baby. I used to love that. I know it came from the glory. I used to love that. Oh my days. Christmas had arrived then when we had that song. What about you, Queen Simone? I don't have a. Oh, go on. Oh, sorry. I don't have a specific favourite Christmas 
um, song or church song. I just, I feel like I just like being in the spirit of Christmas. But I must say, any any Christmas song sung by Sam Cooke. Oh, very nice. Did he sing Every a Christmas time. song? Yeah, I think he did, uh, similar to like Nat King Cole, they sort of, um, you know, everybody comes and they re-sing. I think he's got a version of the Christmas song um, as well. And I, ju- I think I just maybe got a bit of a soft spot for, Sa- um, for Sam Cooke just because of how, you know, he sort of turned life around after um, not really wanting to be pro-black and then sort of hanging around Muhammad Ali and, and mm. you know, becoming a bit more wanting to be more part conscious. of the cause. Becoming yeah, more more, yeah, definitely being more conscious, but like voice of an angel. So anything uh, Christmas related sung by him or Marvin Gaye is, makes What's it really feel, feel like Christmas. Nice. Queen Joyce, what about you? It's a bit of Boney M action. Mary. Mary's my child. child. Yes. Queen Joyce, yeah. Yeah, that is I'm hearing that now, and I'm Fuck like, now here the angels sing. I keep oh yeah, for today. forever. Yeah. Oh well, look, little playlist going on. Coco's Christmas <laughs> Christmas playlist. Um, quite exactly. good songs on there, so we're gonna put those on, and that's gonna get us in the mood. Isn't for it just Christmas? So before it's we Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to be bursting into song every so often. Um, let's go with another segment, shall we? Our mama used to say. Mama used to say. Who's doing our mama used to say? Go for it now. Let's hear it. So, the mamas used to say, I'm gonna, the, the proverb I'm going to share is one, one cocoa full basket. And that's a Jamaican proverb. And the interpretation is <clears throat> this means we should take things one step at a time and eventually we will get to where we want to but how I interpreted it and this is a proverb that has carried me through the last two years and it's that whole every every little thing it does add up whether we're talking about money or you know how it's oh that's only a pound or that's only five pounds and how we can diminish things by just going well it's only that when you put it all together, you get a full basket. It gets you somewhere. And that that proverb has really carried me through the last two years, in particular this year, because I was also able to go to um, a retreat in Jamaica. And honestly, you know, if you're going to invest in something like that, you know, you see the number and you think, gosh, I'm, I can't do that. But one one cocoa full basket. I got there in the end. So what's the phrase? One cocoa. One one cocoa full basket. One one cocoa full basket. It all adds up. When you've got one, 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 whether it, I don't know if it's the cocoa or what, you end up with a full basket. Okay. Nice. I've never heard of that one before. It's encouraging. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. So that's a, a Jamaican proverb as you say from jamaica that's right yeah jamaica proverb all right well fantastic nice any any other thoughts on christmas or highlights before we round up the podcast any hopes and dreams for 2022 from anyone we've only got two weeks left but (laughs) you know i would like to know what is everybody's favorite thing they have to have for it to be to feel like christmas so for me it's roasted parsnips christmas pudding Mm -hmm. 
and a snowball. When really I, a snowball? When those, when if if Christmas, ha- if 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 those three things are in play, it really feels like Christmas for me. Because I I realized uh, last week I don't eat parsnips any other time of the year. Parsnips <clears throat> are for Christmas, so. When they arrive, it is it is Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, so I'd love to know what uh, what makes Christmas feel like Christmas for um, the queens. That is such a great question, Simone. It's uh, for me. It's got to be Bucks Fizz, scrambled eggs, and smoked salmon. Then I know my Christmas morning has started. Mm. Mince pie. No, don't like them. Mince pie. Or any 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 black cake, any black so can cake. Can I say a jar of pickled onions, cranberry sauce? Because I love cranberry sauce. Saltfish and ackee with bammy on the side. If I have that in the mornings, come on, my Christmas is gonna be all right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> Over to you, Liz. Over to you. Um, I think. Oh, there's so many things. Such a good question. Um, Christmas music. So I really hold off on listening to Christmas music before the first of December, and and like by the 28th of November, I'm getting itchy. Like, come on, come on. Um, but I wait. Um, for... when do you stop playing Christmas music? Stop. I stop on. What's it? Epiphany. Is that? Is that like what? Six of Jan. Yeah, six of Jan. Okay. Like, rinse out. Yeah, that's when I take the Christmas tree. Um, yeah, Christmas tree, Christmas music, um, and then anything, anything that takes a bit more of an effort. Oh, Brussels sprouts, and I make a lot of effort to make them taste nice. I've never su- succeeded, but I try every year to make them taste good. All these different recipes. Add some chestnuts. Add some bacon bits. You know, butter and bacon. Butter and bacon. I'll try that this year. Okay, cool. That's very helpful. Um, and With then... a drop of honey. Oh, okay. All right. That's really good. Um, and then I bake a lot for other people. So I feel like I get the spirit of generosity rises up and it then drains out again on the January. <laughs> so I end up baking for people. That's quite nice. Um, oh. Yeah. And just a lot of chocolate. It's always available. I'm just always eating, you know, just like consistently eating. It's a dream. What about you, Lady Z? Mince pie and black cake. Just those. Okay. That, that's it's Christmas for me. So yeah, that's it. But I'm not gonna no go overboard any- this year. No one said anything about sorrel. Yeah, I don't really Yeah, I don't really do that at Christmas. It isn't Christmas without sorrel. I, I, it is. I no, it's not. Mm. Not with, a piece, fan, with a piece of ginger a good mm. hunk of yeah yes. Mm. yes you have to it's for the ancestors <laughs> as long as I can get my proper cranberry sauce and I can eat that with anything over Christmas oh. time oh I know as well the other thing that I only ever have at Christmas only ever have at Christmas is a Mackeson stout it's a stout it comes in a little can it's called Mackeson and okay, I know the one you're talking about. I just yeah. find that fascinating that you only have that at Christmas. Well, because that's when my mum used to have it. So when my mum had it, we all used to have a little drop in our little glasses. And that was that was Christmas for us, you know. So and I call my son stout and, and a piece of kit. Oh giant, I gone. Um last but not least, Duchess, did you want to cover the health tip briefly? Go over the 
the, the health tip for, for this podcast? So one of the things that I was going to talk about, which we started talking about on our last um, podcast, was sad. Not that I'm sad, um, even though it might be sad that you're having to listen to my voice the way it is today. Seasonal affective disorder, known as SAD. I wanted to talk about And I just thought that was quite, it's quite um, prevalent, I guess. Yeah, was quite sad. <laughs> it's quite... Um, which is quite opportune, I guess, in terms of the season that we're at now. Uh, and it normally happens around this time of year. Um, and it's classified as a type of depression that comes and goes in a seasonal pattern, also known as winter depression, because the symptoms are usually more apparent and more severe during the winter months. And the way that it can present itself, um, I'll come on to, but some of the general statistics are these. Over a third of those aged 16 either have sad or suspect they have it or suffer from low moods in the autumn and winter. More than one in 20, one in 20 people in the UK have been diagnosed with seasonal affective disorder. Interestingly, men are twice as likely to have been diagnosed with SAD. Um, over 9% say they have this. Um, women, it's 4.5%. Um, however, women are more likely to say that they're suffering with these low moods in the winter, um, sorry, in the autumn and winter months, 18.28% um, as opposed to men, 12.87%. And people in London are significantly likely, more likely than those elsewhere in the UK to have been diagnosed with SAD. Over 11% in London alone. Um, and those statistics were from the ONS, the Office of National Statistics. And part of the cause of this disorder um, is that the condition itself is still being studied. And there are currently no definitive um, findings uh, regarding its scientific or medical causes, but it has been re regularly, regularly theorised that it is triggered by a reduction of exposure to sunlight throughout autumn and winter. And during the days, during, because the days are shorter, so we get less exposure to sunlight and that's what can trigger um, SAD. Mm. And the lack of the sunlight can potentially cause the heme, I think it's pronounced the hemopolomius, a gland within the brain, which is located almost right in the centre and keeps various conditions within the human body constant, which is regulating our temperature, hunger levels and blood pressure. It also manages feelings of stress. So if the Hemopolomius is not working correctly, it's more likely then that we are, we pick up this disorder. Isn't that interesting? I actually have a friend whose mother suffers from this um, disorder. Um, and I'll, I'll find out what the name of the specific item is so that you can put it in the show notes. But she has a specific light that she... Yep 
puts yeah. on that she's got a portable one and a big one that she can put on her desk and things like that that gives her sort of the uh, illusion that there's more sun and light around and that yeah. really does help to um brighten and and lift the mood um so i'll definitely find out what's that's called and, and pass it's that called, along because... it's called the light box ah there it, you go yeah it's a light it's, it's the light therapy aspect of of helping people it's a, a friend of mine has that and yeah. when she first told me about this i had never heard of it i was like what do you mean you're getting <laughs> sad because it's yeah. winter what are you talking about mm. you know in my ignorance but mm. it's a real thing it's a real thing yeah and so what it says is is that melatonin the hormone in the body that makes you feel sleepy in people with sad the body may produce it in higher levels so that has an impact um serotonin which is the hormone that affects your mood and appetite as well as sleep so the lack of sunlight may lead to lower levels of uh, serotonin and that and that then triggers the feeling of depression um and then the body's internal clock, so your um, your rhythm, your you know that internal rhythm in terms of your clock. Your body uses the sunlight um, to time various important functions, such as when you wake up, um, when you go to sleep, and so on. So, because in the autumn and winter times that is shortened, our day is shortened. That mm. then can also have an impact on individuals that have this this disorder. So um, symptoms are uh, that you can feel the feeling of depression most days and particularly during, you know, the, the autumn and winter months could feel more sad or sadness. It's referred to reduced energy levels, loss of concentration and disinterest in activity, feeling of worthlessness and or hopelessness. Those are some of the symptoms as well as trouble to we can either be sleeping too much or not sleeping enough. Uh, and then in terms of how our body physically might respond to um, that is that we might suffer nausea, loss of appetite, uh, weight loss. Um, and then, you know, for some others where there's um, extreme um, conditions, suicidal thoughts. So some of the preventions then that we could think about if it is that you, some of our listeners are thinking, oh, maybe I've got this um, disorder. But some of the preventions is that light box that you can get uh, and use that more frequently. So make sure that the light box is on regularly in the home or where you spend most of your, your time. Um, try and follow a healthy and nutritious diet. Monitor your moods to see where, how you're feeling at any given time. <laughs> Excuse me. Take adequate rest when you can. Avoid alcohol, they say, because alcohol can have a negative effect if it is that you're feeling um, some of these um, symptoms. Try and connect with people more. So widen your network or connect with friends and family more if you can. Take a trip to warmer climates if you've got the finances to do that. Um, and that, those are the types of things that can help, including. Um, treatments like light therapy, cognitive behavioural therapy, antidepressants can help, but that needs to be monitored by your GP. And then one of the things that I really like that I was reading about that could support um, this, the, the disorder in terms of either prevention or management is 
trying to tap into things that give you joy and focus on the joy where you can. So that's my health tip, Lady C. All right. Thank you, Duchess. So great, um, great raising awareness, actually, of something that people may have and they don't even realise they have it. So if that, if any of that relates to you and you you feel that this is captured or described what you're going through, please, please, please make an appointment to see your GP mm-hmm. and explore possible options that's going to support you, especially as we've got another few months before winter season says goodbye. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, well-being and self-care is so important. So um, do, do um, get in contact with um, your GP. Thank you, Duchess, for raising that. And find a way to, I think, also not only tapping into your joy, but find a way to talk to others about what's happening to you. Mm -hmm. Well, look, that's the end of another power-packed show, podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. We've covered a lot. We looked at some highlights. We looked at Christmas. We spoke about football. How is not coming home? Uh, we've spoken about traveling while black, all sorts of things. Recently, so the island has up. bad vibes, and that's why island got bad on. vibes. Bad vibes. So, um, look, we're going to say goodbye. We hope if you do celebrate the season, have a lovely Christmas. Uh, don't eat too much. Don't drink too much. Um, be kind to yourself and others. And from myself and the Duchess, goodbye. Remember Duchess. to tap into the joy. <laughs> and from our queens, Queen Joyce. Goodbye. Mm-mm. Have a lovely Christmas. <laughs> our guest queen, uh, Simone. Thank you for having me and wishing everybody a very happy and safe Christmas. And from, of course, Queen Liz. Hi, everybody. Lots of love. Okay. See you next year. Have a great time. See you next Bye-bye. time. Bye, Bye. everyone. Enjoy. Bye. Coco Sisters, it's a sister's day.